Hello and welcome to this, the latest Tez International podcast. My name's Ed Dorrell, I'm Head of Content here at Tez, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Kai Vasher, who's Principal of British School Muscat in Amman. Say hello, Kai. Hi there. Good. He's speaking all the way from his office in Muscat to my back bedroom with our dodgy domestic Wi-Fi, because, like everyone else in Britain, apart from you teachers... We're working from home. Um, like the last several of my international podcasts, this one is on the pesky subject of coronavirus. And I, I was speaking to Kai the other day, and it dawned on me that um, Kai is in a really interesting position because he has uh, been forced by the virus and by the circumstances around the virus to shut his school and to move his entire curriculum and timetable online in a hurry. Um he might be more interesting uh, to our audience than others in that context because he has a long tradition in British state education before he went international, as they say. So I thought there might be lessons that Kai could share with us and what they've done for you teachers out there and you heads out there who, let's be honest, are going to be are very likely to be shutting your schools in the next few days, certainly within a week or two. Um, so anyway, Kai, like I say, you've had... The most extraordinary four or five days. In a, in a few words, just tell us what happened. Um, well, what happened uh, on Saturday afternoon, uh, I was at home um, thinking about the week ahead and hoping that we could stay open for at least one more week uh, because I didn't want to go through what we've been going through this week. I was sort of put that off. Uh, <laughs> but I got a message from the... Ministry of Education at 3.25, saying that all schools, as of tomorrow, will be closed for at least a month. So uh, I took a few minutes to absorb the information. <laughs> I couldn't deny this anymore. And uh, I thought, right, emergency leadership team meeting. Uh, we, we need to meet at school. Uh, so I contacted my leadership team at 3.30 and said, We've been told to close. We need to meet. We need. To, we need to create our action plan. And, uh, and and so, what did you say to them? Um, I said uh, we've been we've been we've been closed, obviously. Uh, and my thoughts uh, in our circumstance was my my thought straight away is however difficult it was going to be, we need to move into this new world first thing tomorrow morning because. I think the more we thought about it, if we gave ourselves too long to think about it, then I would be worried that we'd find all sorts of reasons to keep delaying, delaying, delaying. And, and I also felt from our students' point of view, this was going to be a different world. And rather than slowly sort of think our way into how we were going to act in this new world, I think we had to quickly start acting into a new way of thinking. Thank you, Professor Dylan William, for that. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so it's basically go, go, go. Tomorrow morning, we're opening up shop, but we're going to be online. And then you work back from there. So, so what are we going to do? So what we're going to do is, I mean, to be fair, I mean, we, we had been thinking this was a, pos a possibility. We've been thinking about this and planning for it for the previous two or three weeks. So we had been saying to our staff, look, it's quite possible we're going to close. We need to be ready for that eventuality. But in the longer term, going back, we, we had been moving 
uh, into a position where we could be um, facilitating this type of learning for about 14 months. Mm -hmm. Back in December 2014, uh, so 2018 even, it's been a long week. Back in the December 18, uh, we moved uh, the school moved to the G Suite uh, uh, G Suite uh, education for all our staff. Uh, so that was a big move, mm -hmm. and we just jumped in and we did that. Uh, in August 19, all our staff had one day's training on G Suite for education. Uh, in September. 19 we gave all our senior school students a gmail address mm -hmm. and that was a real game changer because then we were in a position where all our students and our staff could communicate with each other through gmail the staff could share google docs google sheets uh, google slides a whole range of yeah. g suite applications very easily with with their classes uh, so those were the nuts and bolts uh, which we, we we put in place for 14 months. But what we hadn't done was really think about if we were going completely online with the, all the students at home and not in school, what would that model of education look like? We haven't really given that a huge amount of thought, to be honest. And so have you solved that in the last three days? <laughs> uh, how have you solved that? I think... I mean, it's been the amazing, I mean, we're three days into the week. Uh, it's been quite an exhilarating ride. Uh, sure it has. I, don't, I, I mean, I, in, a, in a previous job, I used to be director of innovation at SSAT, and I used to be going around the country encouraging schools to innovate and think about doing things differently to do them better. That's the SS, SSAT's definition of uh, innovation. I have never experienced innovation at such, such a rapid rate and with such a positive impact in such a short space of time. And I think, you know, the first lesson from this perhaps is when you have a real problem to solve and you've got a group of trusted professionals who can work together as teams, what they can achieve in a short space of time is absolutely phenomenal. So I'm really proud of my staff in how they've had the change. I'm really proud of how our students from 3 to 18 have also adapted to this rapid change. So what, 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 so what, what, what are the key innovations that you perhaps hadn't considered on that Saturday evening? Um, before, we, before I pressed record, um, you mentioned video. Yeah, so I think, um, well, I think the first thing is, is that we weren't going to suddenly create the perfect model. And so a phrase I've heard myself say a lot this week is don't let perfect be the enemy of the good. So we took a decision on Saturday afternoon. We will, get, we will launch tomorrow. We will do our best to launch tomorrow. We know it won't be perfect. We know we will keep on changing. And I think that's the first point, that however you start, you have a mindset that you're going to improve and you're going to develop. You start with it's not going to be the finished product. You need to listen to your colleagues. You need to listen to the students. You need to listen to the parents about how how it's going for them mm. and adapt your model as you go as you go along. Um, I think what we all also hadn't uh, thought about enough is uh, communication and moving to a different way of learning for the 
staff and for the students, for the parents, the amount of time we've spent listening and responding and then sending out every day, we've sent out a communication, a formal communication to our students, to our parents and to our staff. And most of the time, uh, myself, my heads of school, my managers, a lot of the time we've been spent working on communication and keeping everybody on board and listening to the concerns. So the amount of time that you spend in communication is immense. The the third piece around teaching and learning is, yes, I think however demanding teaching can be, uh, and you you look forward to the holidays after about three or four weeks, (laughs) once you turn up to school or you turn up your laptop at home, and the children aren't there, my goodness, you miss the children. We're, I mean, the school, I mean, I'm in school today, I've been in school all day, and it feels like the Mary Celeste. Uh, a school without children is soulless, is without life. And teaching children on at a laptop or a PC, and yeah. you can't see them, or you're, you're not connecting in that usual way, you, the, the, the staff really miss the children and the children really miss the staff. So one of the ways we're starting to find a, a way of, of overcoming that loneliness and disconnection is to create videos and create mm-hmm. the staff to create short videos and they can have a lot of fun with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and so, so from PE to music to maths to English to storytelling, and we've got stuff now queuing up to read stories to the younger children. Amazing. Video. Uh, and, but there were, there were some <coughs> who felt confident about um, making videos. There were other staff who, who just didn't know how to do it. Uh, and so one of the other great things we've found as a professional learning community, we've got staff now teaching each other, this is how you make a video. Amazing. How do you do that you like this? And so quite quickly now, we've got more and more staff who are finding that it's actually quite easy to make videos, to upload, upload videos onto the, the G Suite or the Google Slides, which is primary school using. And that and it's this response we're getting from the students and the parents, they love the videos that their teachers are making because they can see their teachers again and they get a sense of connection again. So let me let me take you back to England, and I know it's a few years since you've been involved with directly with um, with schools in England. But uh, if you were if you were sitting in a head teacher's office in an English comprehensive school, um, and you were listening to this podcast, well, what what do you think um, they should take away from what you're saying? Well, I think one of the first things is. Um, making sure that, that schools were able to access the support to do what we're able to do. And there's, there's some, some, I guess there's three, three key things there. One is the process I talked about that took us 14 months to go to G Suite. Now, not, not every school would be on that. I mean, Microsoft 365 is a similar set of applications. But you could condense that process probably into a week if you had to. Right, yeah. Um, and, and, and this is free. Yeah, it's free. It's unlimited storage. Certainly the G Suite uh, stuff is free. So, so that's, that's one issue is how can I get, if I'm not on an, a, a, a cloud platform like G Suite or Microsoft 365, how can I quickly do that? And I think that's where 
edtech companies with some support from the government could really be good going around the country making as many schools as possible had access to those plant-based yep. applications. That's the that's the that's the, the, the relatively easy piece. <laughs> the second piece would be even even in our community where the families are pretty well resourced and the staff are fairly well resourced, ten percent of our staff did not have a device at home from which they could manage online learning. Ten percent of our own staff. Wow. Uh, and and I, I imagine you know across the UK there's probably is probably at least that if not more. They have smartphones, but have they got laptops? And so I remember a long time ago, maybe 20 years ago in state education, there was a laptop for teachers' skill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if, if the Department of Education really wanted to help teachers deliver online education, somehow they would, they would mobilise uh, laptop providers to make sure that every single teacher in the country had a laptop and had an internet connection at home. Because without that, you can't do what we, we, we did. And then the even more challenging part, the third bit really, is making sure that as many students as possible had an internet connection at home which they could connect a laptop to. Because these are the nuts and bolts of remote yep. learning. Yep. And if your staff and your students come as nuts and bolts, you're, you're a, a non-starter. So, so I think how, how quickly could uh, we support schools in the UK so that say, all the staff and all the students, and you could prioritise, you could certainly prioritise those students doing GCSE exams, A-level exams, possibly, mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that there were laptops for teachers and students with an adequate internet connection. But if you, if you haven't got those things, you're, you're facing some really tough challenges. Some big challenges. So if you're if you're if you're in a head teacher's office right now in, in John Smith Street, Birmingham, um, I guess the first thing to do is to try and get an audit of who has and who hasn't, identifying those who haven't. But look, Kai, before we finish, I'd like to try and finish on a more positive note or an upbeat note, uh, which is uh, <clears throat> presumably all the lessons you've learned for the last three or four days will inform how you work as a school. Once your inverted commas back to normal, yeah, um, that's right. I think I mean for for our, for our school this week. I mean it's just a reminder of how if you trust and empower your staff and you give them a clear expectation of what you're trying to achieve, but if you enable them with the right resources and support, they can achieve phenomenal things with their young people and what I'm seeing every half hour or so are wonderful examples of teachers creativity innovation and dedication to the young people who they're they're responsible for and it's really heartwarming that uh, yeah the the, the wonderful way they've, they've adapted their practice in such a short space of time I mean, it's fantastic, and the feedback that we're getting from parents and uh, parents and students. There's some l- lovely comments coming in from parents from right across the age ranges who are loving the videos that they're, they're, the the parents post, uh, the staff are posting, loving the individual attention that staff give you. 
And just an hour before this podcast, this doesn't happen every day, a parent brought in a fully home-cooked lunch for my leadership team. <laughs> That's the attitude they're feeling. Amazing. It's brilliant. Yeah. I can't think of a better way to finish this podcast than you talking about a nice, warm, home-cooked meal. But thank you so much for your time. I really hope um, – enjoy is a strong word. I hope you found it interesting. Um, and, and I hope uh, our listeners have found it useful. But thank you for joining us, Kai. Thank you very much. And thanks for giving me the opportunity to share what's been a really exciting week here. It's been a tough week. It's been a really tough week. But it has been an exhilarating ride. Thank you for listening. Audi de vos rêves se trouve déjà près de chez vous. Choisissez le modèle qui vous fait rêver et profitez-en immédiatement. Audi s'engage aujourd'hui à vos côtés avec Audi pour vous. Un ensemble d'offres et de services pour vous aider à mieux repartir. En ce moment, jusqu'à 6 mois de loyer vous sont offerts sur une sélection de modèles disponibles en stock. Découvrez l'ensemble de nos engagements Audi pour vous sur Audi.fr. Offre jusqu'à 6 mois de loyer suivant le premier versement offert. Offre LLD à particulier jusqu'au 30 juin 2020 sur 37 mois et 25 000 km par an maximum sur une sélection de véhicules en stock et si acceptation par Volkswagen Bank. Détails sur Audi.fr.